All right, we're back. It's race week here in the Circle City of Indianapolis as IndyCar invades the road course inside of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway for the IndyCar Grand Prix coming up on Saturday afternoon on NBC just after 3 o'clock. The green flag will fly. Welcome into another edition of the IndyCar Show. I'm Tony Donahue. That's Luke Edwards. Luke, I know you're jacked about what's coming up this weekend. Oh, man, we are cruising around in some old pace cars today, going around the grounds. Every All the teams are loading in. You know, the, the city just kind of gets this buzz back this time of year. It's May in Indy. Can't beat it. Where else would you be? Yeah, uh, it's kind of the same here. I was cruising around a little bit and was just checking some things out as they were loading in the transporters and, and, and such into the, into the track today. And, and a lot of drivers getting their buses in. We saw Connor Daly putting up a hot tub uh, inside the grounds there. Uh, some other drivers loading in as well. Got to go down the Mass Ave earlier uh, to see Takuma Sato. A lot of fans were there, so the Speedway, IndyCar, the city, like you said, really coming alive and allowing a lot of the fans to be a part of the activities as well. But we have the ninth running of the IndyCar Grand Prix from the Indianapolis Motor Speedway road course coming up on Saturday. First, Luke, uh, let me throw you a curveball here uh, before we talk about the race and excitement level. With two races, we know the one coming up in the summer is not going to happen. Would you like to see this race on the road course ran on the old Formula One configuration? Oh, without a doubt. Um, you know, I, I could get by maybe with skipping the carousel corner, um, but okay. I would love to see these guys do the oval turn one backwards. Um, mm-hmm. I, I've heard different concerns about it being maybe brake capabilities of having that extra whatever mile an hour would be at the end of this long straightaway into the road course turn one that heavy braking zone that's already really heavy but why not let's try it let's push these cars and i think that would just be so exciting yeah and i think you know if you're gonna have two races here why not maybe spice it up somehow uh, coming up with this race in May. Um, as we know, look, I, I love the road course race. I know a lot of traditionalists still haven't got over the fact that there was another race in May. Um, but but it'll be really cool, and we'll talk about this a little bit because I, I, I was in the paddock a little bit earlier today with some of the Mazda Road to Indy guys. Um, you get to see a lot of the future stars with Indy Lights races, multiple races, um, USF 2000 has three races, Pro 2000 has races. So uh, I certainly love it. Um, it. It's great. There's so many cool sight lines uh, to watch this race from uh, Luke. I know that you like to walk around in the infield as well. Um, you know, the deck in turn one is kind of nice of the oval to see some things. Uh, but 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 what I always say is if you don't buy a grandstand ticket, grab that general admission to walk through the mounds of the infield, go to the north end of the track. I'll be in the Miller Lite party deck, so I'll get to see that right in front of us. Uh, walk down the Holman straight away, go over the bridge, kind of on the mounds there in the golf course area. So uh, do you have any places that you like to uh, watch the road course action from inside the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, Luke? Yeah, definitely. I have a few stand tickets, but uh, real quick before I give my picks for the stands, um, the Miller Lite party deck. I'd like to know more, yeah. more about that because I've always thought that would be a great place. Do you have to have special passes for that or pre-order tickets or you got to be on a list how does yeah, that work so the, so they only give them out to um beer vendors or bars and then a lot of the radio stations and such will give them out as well and, and it's super cool because it's 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 a building out there uh between the short shoot and three and four so 
the road courses that come right down in front of you, and then you get to see them as they head down uh, the Hallman straightaway there. So uh, you get a few Miller Lights, like I know you're having right now, and some some pizza, and it's it's kind of a party atmosphere out there. So uh, that's that's usually where I watch the Grand Prix from. Did last year, so I uh, can't wait for that coming up. So uh, we're gonna have to get you out there one of these days. Uh, I, I think I could probably pull enough strings to. Uh, to get you to check it out. So we'll, we'll, we'll definitely get out there. So I don't like to watch the oval from out there just cause I feel like I miss too much. And during right. the 500, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much married to sitting in turn three, like I do, but, but the road course there where you have Same a big here. screen, if you need it, you can kind of move around and see some things. It's uh it's, it's a hell of a, it's a hell of a time for sure. I'm really partial to, um, to stay in J um, that hard yeah. braking zone right there. Uh, we've yep. been kind of parking there. I've seen it from, uh, I've seen it from, Oval turn one, um, I think mm. Penthouse B is probably my second choice. Penthouse B is just great because you get this perspective where you get to look down into the cars as they're rounding the final yeah. corner onto the straight of the road course, and they get some opposite lock coming up through there, transitioning from uh, a flatter area of the track onto the banking a little bit. Um, but staying J just seems like stand-wise, you can see everything. you got a video board right across from you. And it's just real packed. And I love that feeling of just everybody's there. Everybody's, you know, all buzzing and excited because that's where you have the dive bomb passes. That's where you have, yep. you know, every restart, they fan out four or five wide sometimes. And, and we've seen a few uh, catastrophes and big moments there over the over the last nine years. Yeah, let's get to some of the keys of this race and, and and let's just go straight from there. I mean, we've seen guys like Connor Daly and Simon Pagino have trouble going into turn one. Uh, Sebastian Bourdais comes to mind a few years ago, I want to say 16 or 17, where he got smashed into the wall. I think it was by Tony Kanan kind of in his day. So, Luke, I think key number one is just getting through that first turn. I mean, qualifying is very key here because it seems like the winner starts in those first three or four rows. Uh, but you got to get through that first hard break zone, quick right-hander, quick left-hander, because we're going to see it, Luke. Somebody's going to go off. There's going to be contact, and somebody's going to go to the grass, and it's almost more than likely going to kill your day. Yeah, I mean, we saw Connor qualify in a top six spot in his uh, in his GMR or sorry, the uh, the Indy GP last year, the first of the two races, um, and his day was over before he even made it to the corner, the second corner. Mm -hmm. um, just parked it, 25th spot, that's it, you're done. So all that work, all that, the whole weekend, the qualifying, everything, the momentum that he had going into it. Um, it we even saw Pato, you know, he got kicked out, and this is an interesting part of the track too. It's almost better if you get kicked out and stay on the oval and take that little express lane that yeah. dives in between yeah. the walls and you can funnel back in because you can kind of keep some speed going. Sometimes these cars get into the grass or the gravel pits. It's just day over. Or we've seen um, somebody got their gearbox ran into a few years ago too, and it took them out, broke a half shaft, and uh, they were up front. So yeah, it's just one of those things where the people that come out well from taking the risk, you could gain four or five spots easy, or you could go from sixth to 25th, like we saw daily do. So I think that's the key is, you know, who is on pole? How are they going to start the race? What is race control going to deem an acceptable start? I think last year we saw Grosjean, uh, you know, he accelerated early. It was just that kind of, you know, fifth to 10th danger zone that we always talk about on road courses that, is like, man, I've got everything to lose and I've got a lot to gain right here. 
that's usually where the trouble strikes. Renus VK is your defending winner of this race. Uh, he had the car to beat in Barber uh, a few weeks ago and was indeed beat uh, by Pato Award. Uh, and Alex Pillow finished second. Some of the pit stops just didn't cycle Renus' way. But he comes into the defending winner. Uh, some confidence. We're going to we're gonna be flying with him on Saturday. The Burnout Sports um, logo will be on his car, so we're looking forward to that. What does Renus have to do this weekend, Luke, to defend that title and go back to victory lane? Because all of a sudden, um, and I don't want to say it's not been happening, but it's becoming louder and louder that this might be his last year with that Carpenter Racing. We'll get into that at a later date. But what does Renus have to do to defend that title and get back to the top step of the podium at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway? Well, I think he's just got to be consistent, you know, throughout the race. We've seen most of our championship leaders practice kind of just a pattern style race. They know what they're going to do. If anything pops up, yellows, if there's all green, you know, long stints. I know you've talked about this race has really long green flag stints. Um, mm -hmm. and, and the yellow usually is at a very inopportune moment when somebody's either trying to get the last out of their tires or it's right at the beginning of the stint when somebody's on reds trying to get the most out of their tires and being overly aggressive. So it, it usually tends to be right in those pit cycles, um, which can really throw guys off. So I think it's going to be a big team effort of just let's make sure we have strategies and contingent strategies. Renus has the speed here, and I think he's going to carry that confidence from last year. I, I guarantee he's going to be running in the top five let the other guys make a couple mistakes and, and just focus on your strategy because you usually have a little bit of space once everything spreads out when you're in the top five. Before we talk about willpower, which we absolutely have to when it comes to this racetrack, something that has kind <laughs> oh, yeah. of started to develop here over the last several hours uh, more than anything as we're about halfway through the week here and, and we record the IndyCar show for you. And again, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching, uh, subscribing, and liking to our social media channels. Uh, Luke, we might see some weather. Uh, it's going to be super hot. It's been super hot all week. Uh, but there looks like there could be some storms rolling in somewhere in that Saturday afternoon range. And that could really throw, um, you know, a monkey wrench into this thing because they're still going to run unless it's lightning and there's a thunderstorm uh, or it's not a torrential downpour. But uh, I don't mind. I think we've seen it once. Remember Simon Pagino in 2019 just charged to the front and cut an eight-second deficit down to pass, I believe, Will Power and Scott Dixon for the lead and then, again, for the win. Uh, I, you know, part of me is like, hey, I kind of like chaos. I kind of like uh, the fun of seeing some rain possibly in the forecast coming up Saturday afternoon. Yeah, I mean, I always find myself whenever they – I think last year they are like, well, they're sensing yep. some precipitation somewhere around the track, and, and we heard that over the PA, and – everyone just is like oh yeah let's let's do it yeah. why not throw some rain in the mix make everybody's day just turn upside down uh yeah. i'd love to see that from a racing perspective because the best race i've ever seen on that road course was what you just referenced simon pagino in 2019 just mm -hmm. coming from an impossible gap you you don't make yep. up eight nine seconds in in less than 10 laps it's just not something that you really do so I think that would give some um, guys like Grosjean, uh, people that have more rain experience, maybe even some of the young guns like uh, Lundgaard. Um, yeah. It'll give them a more even playing field. And if you think back to um, the legendary Senna, you know, that's how he made his name was 
uh, was rain races when he was running that candy car. I, I forget. I think it was the Tolman uh, entry. And yeah. he just destroyed the field out of nowhere. Very similar to that pageant I'll run. So I'm all for it. But, you know, from a fun standpoint, me and a bunch of people are all wearing matching Hawaiian shirts and we're trying to keep that vibe going. So <laughs> I hope it doesn't get too cold. Maybe we can get one of those classic Indiana like rain and sun at the same time deals and see what happens there. There was a guy in the um, in the Miller Lite party deck with us last year in the summer for the summer road course race. And he was wearing a Hawaiian shirt that had a bunch of pictures of Elio Castro Nevis's face. So uh, you, you're going to have to duplicate that <laughs> with with a driver. Um, yeah. And, 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 and I've talked to a lot of drivers when they when they come into this race for the first time and, 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 you know, the sweeping turns and the fast straightaways, it reminds them of a lot of tracks that they grew up and cut their teeth in, uh, in Europe. So as we talk about the competition level and the gap between, you know, first and let's say 20th on the grid, I think that that closes this weekend. It makes the competition that much more intense because this is a track that yes, Longard has raced on it before. And so it's kind of my lot last year, but, but some of these guys that are coming here for the first time that have a little bit of a European background, a European style. Uh, some guys have raced Indy Lights here. So there's a lot of experience and a lot of adapting that is going to happen quickly. So I think it's going to be a very competitive field coming up on Saturday afternoon again on NBC. We'll have you covered all weekend here. Burnout Sports, burnoutsports.com. My Twitter, Luke's Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, everything, uh, Instagram. Be sure to check it out. All right, as I mentioned, you can't talk about this race without talking about the dominance of Will Power. Uh, he has been absolutely on a tear at this track. He is always up front. And so far, Luke, we've been knocking on the door with Will Power to win a race this year. Do you think it comes up on Saturday in a place that he has been absolutely dominating at? Uh, and he's been very consistent so far this season. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't somebody that, that I was necessarily really looking at because he has been so consistent. You know, in a weird way, he's he's dominating under the radar um five out of 11 races on this track he's won that's just outstanding in the first six races only two drivers won and it was three apiece between simon pagino and will power um i i don't think that he's going to be out of the mix short of some bad luck happening but between one, the Penske cars dominating everything this year up until this uh, this last race, and and two Chevrolets continuing their domination with McLaren Chevy winning the last race with Pato Award, I think he's going to be up there. Um, but mm -hmm. like you said, the competition is so tight. There's no room, zero room for mediocrity, and to be in the championship hunt this year. So if if you're if the momentum is on your side, then I've seen it affect more of the sport in the last, you know, 2021 and the beginning of this season. It, it kind of reminds me of college football almost when when a team and a crew and a driver has momentum, it's going to stay there. And he hasn't lost it. You know, we saw Scott McLaughlin. Uh, you know, he he kind of had a bunch of momentum at the beginning and then it faded a little bit and that pendulum kind of swung the other way slightly. You know, we've seen New Garden stay up there. We've seen Will Power stay up there. And now we see a resurgence of, of uh, Pato Award. Pato yeah. is the defending winner coming into this week from uh, from last the last race in Birmingham. That means somebody else has got to go. Is that Will Power? I'm going to guess not. Not unless some tragedy befalls him. 
Yeah, and I think Pato Award had a poll here last year, if not mistaken, on the road course at the Speedway, or maybe it was two years ago. But I'm pretty sure at least a front row start, um, if not mistaken. So, again, um, Aaron McLaren, here's my thoughts on this. And, and Luke, I would love yours as well. Pato's going to be there. Pato's a championship contender. He proved that last year. He proved that he can can run up front on ovals and road courses. Win at Texas last year. uh, Top five finish in the Indy 500 last year. Um, but it, it's it's very similar to what we see with Ed Carpenter racing and kind of what we see with Andretti is you've got one driver locked in and contending and right there leading laps, podium finishes, and then you've got a second driver that just is, it's, it's just not happening. I mean, I don't know how else to put it. Um, it puts a lot of pressure on guys like Connor Daly and Felix Rosenquist um, to perform when, they're, when their teammate is, but is this something, Luke, that just like – when I rack my brain around it, I almost just don't understand because I think Felix has a lot of talent. He, he has a pole here at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway Road Course. Connor Daly has led laps here in a Dale Coyne car, I believe, in either 15 or 16 in the road course race. Um, it, it's just almost mind-boggling. Luke, do you feel the same way that you've got some of these teams that have you know, a championship contender and then their second driver is like out on the outside of the top 15 in points? So... It's, it's it's hard for me to rack my brain around that. Yeah, and from what I've heard from the drivers and, and some of the, the the teams and engineers, is it's almost a little bit Formula One esque in that aspect of they kind of pick a driver and all the R and D and development goes into making the car comfortable for him. And mm-hmm. when when you see a lot of teams have guys kind of up front, well, they have similar driving styles more often than not. So, you know, one thing reading some of the quotes this week and some of the news flying around with, with daily, for instance, is VK and daily don't really run a car the same. They don't feel a car out the same way. And that's been one of his struggles. So if the lead driver who either finds himself being the lead driver by results at the beginning of a season, which we're past the beginning, he is the lead driver is going to, kind of get that extra time and effort. The second driver either has to learn how to drive that style of car or they're going to struggle. I think that's kind of what we're seeing here. Um, We see a lot of similarities with, I'd say, Jack Harvey, who needs a result over at Ray Hall, who's getting outpaced by the rookie Lungard and uh, and Graham Ray Hall. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things where Connor knows this track, though. He's good at this track. He's shown speed. He's had some terrible luck. Uh, he got 11th place in the second race here last year. So he's able to contend. But this is, for for me, he stands out. This is a big make or break. It's your hometown. You led the 500 last year. You've got a lot of eyes on you. You qualified in the fast six um, in the first race last year. You almost got a top 10 in the second race last year. This is this is your best opportunity to turn it around outside of the 500. Yeah, and you mentioned you know Daly and Rosenquist, other drivers looking for their first top five of the season includes Alexander Rossi, Simon Pagano, Elio Castroneves. You mentioned Jack Harvey, Takuma Sato. Uh, I don't think we've had a rookie finish inside of the top five yet. Uh, so there's a lot of drivers, and I'm going to write about this on BurnoutSports.com. You'll see it. Uh, that, for lack of a better term, need to go slump busting on Saturday and get a good result and gain that momentum. Uh, because yeah, you're, you after after Saturday evening, your your sole focus is the Indy 500. 
uh, for a lot of these drivers because you're, you're you're almost 90%. I mean, literally, I think 90% of the drivers would probably be out of the points championship by the end of the month of May uh, with double points and, 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 and qualifying and such for the Indy 500. So excited for this weekend. As you mentioned, Luke, I can't wait to be out there. Uh, there's going to be a lot of fun to be had. Uh, maybe a little sprinkle or two Saturday afternoon wouldn't hurt anybody. So <laughs> Um, absolutely can't wait for the race coming up on NBC. IndyCar continuing to build momentum, maybe a little bit of momentum gain uh, from Formula One in Miami over the weekend. A lot of drivers are there. I've heard a lot of Formula One drivers could be in town uh, coming up this weekend to check out IndyCar. Um, so, so absolutely looking forward to that. All right, give us some rookies to watch coming up on Saturday for the race, Luke, and uh, go ahead and give me your race winner, the guy you think that's going to be on top of that podium come Saturday afternoon. All right, let's go. So, um, can we count Lungard as a rookie? I mean, he is a rookie yeah, in the IndyCar I mean, field. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna we're gonna call him a rookie in the IndyCar field because I think he yeah he still is battling for the rookie championship. I'm gonna say um, if if it's not Lungard, who's my number one pick, just simply by the fact that technically at this track he's not a rookie, he's got experience. I'm going to go out on a limb and say, watch out for uh, for Hunkos Racing and Callum. Yep. I think that he yep. could have a, you know, like you said with these young guys, it's a it's a smooth track. It's it's not the rough and tumble street courses. It's not the elevation changes like we've seen. So it's straightforward. It's this it's the type of thing you've been racing on since you were in go karts. So yeah. yeah, I think this is an opportunity for him to really show his stuff. I'm going to say a dark horse is, is right. kind of a weird a weird thing. Harvey's always had speed in the 60 car, right? Yeah. And now Pagano's in the 60 car who has three wins at this joint. So, I'm sorry, four. I'm going to yep. go with Pagano as my dark horse. And okay. I'm going to say the race winner is going to be Alex Pillow, the championship leader, he is Mr. Consistent. He's been knocking at the door. The last two races, he's qualified third. And he hasn't finished below that. He's only improved. He finished third and then second more recently in Birmingham. Um, he had speed last year. Uh, he fell out of the second race with, a, I believe, a blown motor or a blown turbo. Engine went kaput. No more go. Um, that's my pick to win for sure. Yeah, I mean, uh, Colin Mylot is a guy that has kind of gained some momentum. And, uh, you know, maybe I'll take his his mini cardboard cutout that I got at Rev out there. Uh, we're going to have him autograph it and give it to, to to a fan at some point next week. But he's also tested there. He tested there back in uh, September, I believe. So, yeah. Um, rookie guards, I'm going to go with Lungard as, as your top finishing rookie. I think Kirkwood could be right there as well. But Lungard was faster last year. If I'm not mistaken, he was... Qualified inside the top 12 and was fourth and one in the practice session. So he certainly has speed yeah. um, in that car. I think that 30 car will be there. My dark horse, you know, is Renus VK a dark horse in this? I don't think so. Just because he won last year, maybe the odds would tell you so. Um, but I'm going to go with Graham Rahal. Graham's been very consistent here. Uh, multiple, multiple top eight finishes. Um, so I guess Ray Hall Letterman Lanigan should have a good day. Um, if you're going by my predictions and, and I want to go with Pelot to win, but since you did, I'm going to go with the guy who we really haven't spent a lot of time on, which is kind of funny to think about. Uh, and then I'm going to go with Scott Dixon. This is the guy that we just, 
you watch on Saturday, all of a sudden it's going to either become a fuel mileage race or something's going to happen. And all of a sudden there's, there's Dixon running third. All of a sudden there's Dixon making a pass for second. Oh, we got to stretch the field. Dixon takes the lead with three laps to go and sails to a victory. So uh, he does have a road course win there. I believe that was in the summer of 2020 during COVID when no fans were there. Um, so I'm going to go with Scott Dixon. A uh, couple things I know I kind of mentioned it uh, to all the fans that are going. Move around, check out different scenery uh, inside the track, which makes the road course great. Uh, and support the uh, – sorry, excuse me. Support the road to Indy. Uh, support Indy Lights, you know, Christian Rasmussen, Matty Brabham. These are guys that you could see in IndyCar back one day. USF 2000, Pro 2000. Uh, Miles Rose, a guy who's uh, somebody, somebody you can get behind as well. Uh, so be sure to check out some of those drivers and those and, and support the latter series as well because those races are always uh, hella entertaining. All right, Luke, we had, you and I had some fun on Saturday night at Rev at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Uh, I was looking pretty dapper. You were looking dapper. We were all looking great. Uh, Jay Benzal, locally owned and operated here in Indianapolis. Uh, they're a private men's boutique that specializes in every aspect of a man's signature wardrobe. They're located in downtown Indy in the fashion mall. They had me looking good. Um, you know, I didn't look like I just stole a suit off some guy downtown. So that was good. <laughs> um, we got to talk to Maddie Brabham, Graham Rahal. Um, our Jared Sparkman interviewed Ed Carpenter. Uh, just a great night. And, and Luke, always super cool to kind of see the drivers in a more laid back atmosphere. Yeah, we saw Slick Willie P behind the drums, which I've only seen yep. on Instagram in the off season. So he was out there in front of the crowd getting it, didn't miss a beat. Um, and like you said, man, I'm, I'm going to have to go get a suit from there because I didn't even know where you got it from. I just remember we finally met on the main straightaway on the Yard of Bricks and I, I pulled a, a little up, down, damn, you know. So, <laughs> no, looking fresh for sure, but... Yeah, it was great to see Manny Brabs talk to him for a little bit out there and and saw that you guys caught up with him. Great event. Just it's the perfect thing to start off the month of May. Hit it with a bang, a big party. You know, you've got the DJ up in the crow's nest. You've got drivers yeah. hanging out. You've got a laser light show and you're you have your dance floor, which is literally the start finish line on the track, the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Uh, it's been one of my favorite things to kind of signify the beginning of the month. Yeah, plenty of awesome food and drink. Obviously, all the benefits go to IU Health, which not only keeps all the drivers and teams safe, but you know, if you have an emergency as a fan at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, they have an operating hospital basically inside of the speedway uh, with nurses and doctors uh, that can help you. Usually, it's uh, people getting a little 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 too wasted and dehydrated but um again a big thanks to carol and, and everybody who put on rev it's it's always a fun event um it's always cool to see the outfits check out the bands check out like you said the dj dance on the bricks uh and, and try a lot of locally um suggested food here so uh really enjoyed that as well all right we also had this last week i believe it came out on monday uh sorry no it came out last wednesday uh, we had interviewed Steph Wilson for BurnoutSports.com on Monday and then aired it as soon as the news came. We are at 33. We knew we would get here, right, Luke? Like, it's not like we weren't going to. There's no doubt. a lot of different rumors and options that could have happened. We finally get there with Steph Wilson. Cusick Motorsports, AJ Foyt Racing uh, is going to provide the car. Dragon Speed is going to help out. Um, hopefully this leads to full-time competition in a few years. 
Uh, but really happy to see, see a great guy in Steph Wilson back in the cockpit for this year's 106 Indianapolis 500. Yeah, I've actually got one of his Indy Lights tubs sitting here behind me, um, yeah. <laughs> which I've taken with me to. Uh, it's an old Brian Herta Autosport tub, so someday I'll uh, I'll try to get him to sign it. Um, maybe after he's done with this very busy month ahead of him. But yeah, it was just great to see him back. You know, he's always shown consistency at the track. Mm -hmm. um, I need to look up his lab completion percentage because it's got to be up there, honestly. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's it's a brand new look. You know, it's a it's a newer partnership. Cusick has a, a minor amount of experience in, in ownership and fielding cars. Dragon has a little bit more. So to see them pair up, is it's just a great opportunity and Steph Wilson, you know, he's, he's come agonizingly close on fuel mileage to winning the race before. And we know Rossi did that in 16 and became one of the most premier drivers of the sport. So uh, I think, uh, I think he knows his way around this event more than people might think. Um, he's definitely what I would consider a veteran of the 500. And it's just great to see somebody who's, not always had a great shot with a full-time ride and consistent sponsors to to make this splash and be this kind of savior that came in and said don't worry i'm your 33rd guy the tradition lives on we won't have bumping this year but i think this is a great great way to 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 just salvage that 33 and salvage that tradition yeah, and and so my takeaways from talking to Steph is 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 one, a lot of fans just don't realize how hard it is to put everything together to get the crew, to get the chassis, the engine, the sponsors, the right fit, the right driver. Um, and to be able to get it all together here is 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 great for Steph Wilson, who is a great guy. Um, a really good driver. I think this hopefully um, starts a really good relationship between Cusick Motorsports, who seems to have the funding to go full-time racing, and Dragon Speed Racing, who has talked many times about uh, getting back into the 500. Remember, Ben Hanley was in it, I believe, the COVID year in 2020, and he had some speed. He was making some moves throughout the pack. So we know Steph Wilson knows how to uh, go fast. Uh, like he said, you know, last year, I just he's like, I hopped in the car. I hadn't been in it in a couple years, so... Um, getting him back out there. I'm really interested to see, and, and, and yeah, you could call this uh, whatever you want, a, a, a technical alliance partnership with AJ Foyt Racing, but um, can Foyt take a step, right? Foyt seems to be the team that is getting better slowly and surely on the road and street courses. And we saw Kyle Kirkwood making some daring moves at Texas uh, that obviously ended up biting him. Uh, but but can Foyt move up a little bit? Can they qualify better? I don't I don't think they've had a top twenty qualifying effort in Indy five hundred in the last four or five years, if not even longer. So um, I hope this helps Foyt take the next step with J.R. Hildebrand and Kyle Kirkwood and Dalton Kellett, who seems to be gaining a lot more experience and a lot more traction. Um, what we thought may have happened but didn't was Peretta Autosport. They announced a partnership with Ed Carpenter Racing to run some road courses, so we'll see with that. Um, and then also yesterday, Luke, we were out there. Sarah Fisher, your pace car driver uh, for this year's Indianapolis 500. Uh, your thoughts on the nine-time Indy 500 starter and the fastest woman in history uh, set the pace to field coming up in a few weeks. I think it's great. I mean, Sarah's always just been not only a great ambassador for the sport, but you know, she's just so friendly to everybody. It's just such an inspiration mm -hmm. to so many young women 
all around the world uh, on this world stage of qualifying for the Indy 500, let alone, you know, having some of the most, some of the fastest cars in the modern era underneath her and, and handling that. And then from her business prowess side of putting rides together, like in 2008, pulling all the sponsorships together, just really owning her, her craft and owning her, her logistics side of things is, is just great. It's, it's good to see um, somebody that's a local business owner as well. Um, yeah, I, I think it's going to be a really fun time. And you know what? That that was when I learned that she actually was on pace card duty. And it's, it's kind of cool that this year it's like, oh, it's not just an honorary. This is the official pace card driver. They're pacing it at the beginning, before the race, and all the way through it too. So, uh, no, Sarah's a great person. Yeah, and I actually left there and went go-karting over at her place and, and saw the old 97 Tony Stewart car. But, I saw but yeah, that. I mean, it works. It works, right? Like, Sarah knows what she's doing. Um, it's, it's it's a great female, em- or what's, what's, what's the proper term? Embracing females in a sport as they continue to grow yeah. um, diversity-wise. So, um, you know, ambassador, that's the word I was looking for. So it's a great female ambassador for the sport somebody who knows how to get it done. Um, I've always thought that the pace car driver should be somebody with 500 ties racing wise, you know, whether it's a former winner or, you know, like, like a Sarah Fisher would be perfect. I know Danica did it a few years ago as well. So, so -hmm. that'll be fun. Uh, Great for Sarah Fisher. I think you save the celebrity stuff um, for the green flag and, and maybe some other things, red carpet before the race. And we'll see who's the, who's the, uh, Who's, who's the pace car driver coming up for the Grand Prix on Saturday afternoon. All right, Luke, before we wrap up, uh, we're not even to the Indianapolis 500, and the IndyCar silly season is alive and well. The biggest rumors have been Alexander Rossi to McLaren. Um, not been officially confirmed, but I have been told that that's going to happen. Others um, have been told that that is going to happen as well. Um, Renus VK could be on the move as well. Um, I know Ed Carpenter Racing still has an option on him, but but Chip Ganassi and McLaren, Meyer Shank have all checked in. Uh, Team Pen- or Penske has as well uh, for Renus' services. Where does that move? Felix Rosenquist with McLaren. Uh, who moves into the number 21? Is it a guy like Callum Eilat? Does Ryan hunter Ray come over? Uh, does Kyle Kirkwood go back to Andretti? There's so much, like so much of that meat and the sandwich there, Luke. I'm going to give you the floor on your opinion and maybe what you think is going to happen with all these silly season rumor mills that is already churning. Well, we're going on year three now of, (laughs) of the graduation of stress in the Rossi camp of, well, what's happening? Is there trouble in paradise? Oh, there's Mm -hmm. trouble in paradise. Well, he's stuck in trouble. So (laughs) I I'd love to see him get an opportunity to mix it up. He's been with Andretti since he came into the league. Um, I think sometimes these drivers just need a fresh start, a fresh um, perspective. And McLaren is obviously pouring money. They have the funding and we have seen that second car kind of be a little bit lackadaisical. You know, it kind of reminds me of how the 10 car was for a long time. There were so many questions of, you know, after after Dan left the 10 car, it was just, well, is it the driver? Is it the engineering? So, yeah, yeah. let's see what that second McLaren car can do. Let's let's get both McLaren guys up on the podium with Rossi. Rosenquist, 
you know, we've seen him have speed with Ganassi. So it, it could possibly be a good thing for him too, even though McLaren seemed like a big break and a big marquee name. Maybe he just needs to slot in. Uh, maybe he gets an opportunity with with uh, hopping into the 21 if VK vacates that. That's hard. VK vacates. But uh, yeah, the, the one that the most curious to me is Renus VK because like you said, everyone is interested. He's he's obviously got speed. He ran up front at Indy all day last year and won the GP. So the guy can race anywhere. Um, what are your thoughts? What have you heard? What's looking the best for him? Yeah, and, and I think it just it just depends. Does Penske want to go to a fourth car? Um, he's had a lot of interest in Renus VK for a while now. So does Penske pull out that fourth car again that we saw uh, be vacated when Simon Pagano left last year? Um, does Chip Ganassi make room? Uh, it seems like the bus is full and the Ganassi racing stable, but uh, does he pull out another car for Renus VK? Um it's going to be interesting. I think as of right now, from what I've been told at McLaren is that they want Felix to stay and they are willing to go to a third car to have Felix stay. Um, so we'll see. There's a lot that goes on there. Um, and, and we'll see, you know, at Carpenter racing, like we talked about still has the option on Rena. So how does that change things? How does, um, how does that approach go? Is there somebody else that maybe comes from Formula One or who has been out of Formula One that has money? Does Ryan Hunter Ray fit in this mix somewhere? Do we see a, a you know, do we see, and I hate to say this, but you kind of look up and down the paddock right now and it's like, is Jack Harvey back in that high V car? Because the results certainly haven't been there. Um, there there's some other drivers throughout the field that you're going, oh, maybe he doesn't come back. You know, maybe, you know, maybe Kirkwood moves over to Andretti's car and, you know, who moves on? So there's so much. I mean, we could sit here and discuss this for another five hours, Luke, I'm sure. But we've got a whole yep, summer of silly easy. season to discuss. Uh, can't wait for this weekend out of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Thank you so much uh, for listening, watching, subscribing. Uh, going to be fun. Hopefully it rains a little. I'm going to, uh, you know, safe race. But give us that little bit of uh, a little Maybe bit of one fun stint. when it comes. Yeah, give me give me one stand under the rain. Have some people, you know, try different tires. So, uh, that should be a lot of fun. All right, we'll have you covered. Burnout Sports, Burnout Bets. Luke will have you covered all weekend. I'll be out there. Um, so glad we're credentialed for the 500. Can't wait for the month of May. Uh, and, and and just really covering Luke. Really what we love to do is is just hang out and, and cover the sport and give our opinions. So uh, I know you're looking forward to that. Can't wait for it. We'll see you guys all at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway this weekend and over the next 10 or so days for Jared Sparkman and Luke Edwards. I'm Tony Donahue. Thanks for watching another edition of the IndyCar Show here at burnoutsports.com.